Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Neverland Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Remember, if you go to audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast, you get a free trial membership, plus a free audiobook download that is good to work on your MP3 player, your uh, Kindle device, or your iTunes device, or even your Android device. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, support sponsors. Support the website. The Neverland Podcast, episode 20. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and start until morning. Neverland. All right, so grab your the nearest pixie. Hopefully you've been keeping it in your pocket and not hiding her under the couch. Pixies don't like it under your couch. That's where you put your boogers. Anyways, but grab your pixie out of your pocket, give her a couple of shakes, get some of that pixie dust, and think of a happy thought and fly away with me here to Neverland. Uh, now, I had thought that at episode 20 it would be fun to do something special. Or what we're doing special is the fact that I did not have time to record this podcast over the weekend like I normally would. It was a holiday weekend, and I was busy on Saturday. I was busy on Sunday. So I'm actually doing my job. I currently work as a courier, and so I'm driving down the highway right now, and I'm recording the Neverland podcast. Uh, so I'm going to edit this thing together here, and hopefully by the time you get this, it'll be hopefully either Monday night or Tuesday morning. Uh, so it's running a little bit late, but you'll just have to forgive me for that. Uh, I am going to try throughout my day to get you some news here. Uh, and uh, the, the first thing, of course, I do want to mention, uh, May the 3rd is Free Comic Book Day. Uh, there is a website, I believe it is freecomicbookday.com, if I remember correctly. I will look that up today, and I'll confirm it, and I'll see if I can find what sort of comics you'll be able to get for free. Uh, also, if you go to that website, you'll be able to find a local comic shop in your area that you can go and check out and see what kind of freebies you can get. It's an awful lot of fun. I do it every year. I usually take my nephew around and go around with my buddy Phil. And anybody else, I guess, who might want to come with us this year. Uh, I might be having a different job by that time, and I might have to actually work half of the day. But uh, that has not been set up yet. We're still seeing about that. But, yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a favorite holiday of mine, free comic book day. I have a good old time. Usually there's a comic book-related movie that comes out the Friday before. And so I will go and see that movie that morning at the early show. And if memory serves, I believe The Amazing Spider-Man 2 will be opening that Friday night. And so Saturday morning, I will be going to The Amazing Spider-Man 2, having a wonderful time with that, and then going to all the comic shops I can hit in the area until I get every cool freebie and probably spend some money on buying some stuff that's not so free, but i got to have it because it's my kind of day. Uh, so, yeah, I look forward to that, and I'll be talking about that. And, in fact, I plan on taking a recorder, the one I'm using right now, along with me on the journey around Free Comic Book Day, and maybe we'll talk to a few comic, bo- comic shop owners um, about the, uh, the event and how 
how much fun they have at it and stuff like that. We'll see how it goes. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you can expect that recording to come out, hopefully, on May the 4th. Which, by the way, may the 4th be with you. So it'll be Star Wars Day. So I do plan on maybe trying to squeeze in some more Star Wars content. Uh, I think we've hit just about... Oh, every single one of the trilogy. Have I played the audio for Return of the Jedi yet? If I haven't, that'd probably be a good day to do it. If I can squeeze it in, it's going to be fairly long, and I don't know how much coverage I'll have for Free Comic Book Day. Maybe I'll just have to regard the news. I don't know. I keep it flexible around here. And I'm still working on getting that episode where we're going to talk uh, some Disney music with uh, Tim Devine and Phil Koontz. Uh, I will make that happen. It is difficult to schedule things around a holiday, but that is going to happen. But for now, uh, I'm going to go through and uh, I'm going to dig out some news when I get a chance to stop some somewhere, and uh, we'll go over what kind of interesting things has happened. Hopefully, maybe I can get stuff from over the last two weeks since I didn't cover any news last week, uh, but we'll go see if there's what's been happening with some of our entertainment movie news, video games, and things like that. All right, well, 20th Century Fox was uh, at WonderCon, uh, and they actually showed an extended look at X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, which it was a repeat of some previous CinemaCon footage, uh, but uh, there's getting to be some on-screen mutants that are kind of familiar. Uh, Sean Ashmore as Iceman, Ellen Page as Kitty Pride, also known as Shadowcat, uh, and Daniel Cudmore's Colossus are battling alongside newcomers like Omar Sy's Bishop, Don Kanto's Sunspot, uh, Boo Boo Stewart's Warpath, and Bing Bing Fan's Blink. Yeah, these are some interesting to say names. Boo Boo and Bing Bing. I don't know where they're from, but uh, I hope I got their names right. Uh, okay, so they're defending themselves against some Sentinels, uh, and these Sentinels are mimicking mutant power. So the crowd, of course, is very responsive to this. Uh, and ComingSoon.net uh, was able to speak after the presentation with uh, the writer-producer Simon Kinberg. Uh, he's been part of the Fox X universe since uh, The Last Stand, and he's now also he's involved with the Fantastic Four. And also, he's apparently doing something with one of the Star Wars standalone films. Uh, really, the gist of the conversation they had with him kind of deals with uh, Fox trying to build their own kind of version of a Marvel Cinematic Universe based around X-Men. Sort of how Sony is kind of building up the Spideyverse. Uh, basically following the example of what Disney and Paramount... Well, Paramount had began, but through Marvel Studios, and now Disney has, has carried that on, of creating the Marvel Universe in cinema and being able to tie all these different characters and different stories together. And it's basically talking about how there could be some confusion with... Uh, and the upcoming Days of Future Past, you will have Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch in there, uh, and they will be played by completely different people in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, which unfortunately in Avengers Age of Ultron, they're not going to be able to mention anything about mutants or Magneto or anything with an X in it, pretty much, because of the licensing given over to Fox. And of course, everybody's wanting to follow that example and think, seeing how it's this big, massive franchise now going on. Uh, over that Disney has, but uh, unfortunately, you know, everybody else wants to build a franchise too, but they're, we're not going to be able to ever merge the Spider-Man uh, characters and the, the X-Men characters over in with the expanding cinematic universe, which is very unfortunate, but I'm sure Fox and Sony do not want to let go of the rights that they have. They think that they can try to build something themselves, and well, uh, we'll just see what they manage to accomplish. Uh, hopefully, as long as they keep making some great movies, but personally, I think X-Men, I'd rather see rebooted over at, in Disney, and Fantastic Four as well, because I, a lot of us are not pleased with what they're planning to do with the Fantastic Four. Uh, Spider-Man I am still enjoying, and I'm hopefully uh, I will enjoy the new film. Uh, but yeah, I, it kind of seems that they want to duplicate what uh, the success that they've had with the current cinematic universe, and uh, except for they're very limited. Of course, now with the X-Men universe, you do have a lot of different mutants, a lot of characters to pull from, so there's a lot they could possibly do with that. 
on their own, but it seems sad to pull it away from the rest of the Marvel Universe. And uh, with Spider-Man, you know, he does have quite the villains gallery, and uh, it seems that they are trying to expand from that, and in fact, giving a movie to the Sinister Six and Venom. Uh, who knows, maybe Black Cat, you know, because she kind of is a reformed thief, uh, maybe eventually Black Cat can have her own movie if they can avoid all the comparisons to Catwoman that uh, that film would likely garner. Well, now this is some interesting bits. Uh, Captain America has been remaining number one here in the U.S. box office, but apparently they've already released Amazing Spider-Man 2 overseas, and it's actually doing very well. So that's exciting to hear. Uh, I kind of wonder how it got released uh, overseas before it got released here domestically. Uh, I didn't really look in to figure out maybe where all they have opened it. Uh, I don't know if this is some early previews or if they just wanted to test it out in the rest of the world first. Uh, I know in Japan they really go for this kind of thing, so they're, they're really big fans of stuff over in Japan. They have a good time. They dress up as stuff. I mean, they, they have a good time. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go ahead and open it up over there, maybe a little early, just to kind of see some of the fans' reaction over there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a... That's kind of a a good thing to kind of determine what you might expect maybe here uh, domestically uh, when it opens, that it's already doing fairly well overseas, so uh, this shows some potential of uh, being a big summer for some Marvel movies, if in case we didn't already know that with the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Captain America Winter Soldier being very good. So, uh, yeah, it gives me a lot more to anticipate when finally Amazing Spider-Man 2 opens in theaters, which, if I remember correctly, is May the 2nd. All right, and I also have a, a quick sequence of just kind of little bits and bites here. Uh, Zack Snyder did reveal why they decided to use Batman in the Man of Steel sequel. There were apparently some fears that Batman would kind of overshadow Superman. And it basically just came down to, like, let's see, who should he fight? He's already fought somebody who's his equal, so, oh, hey, you know, Batman would be kind of cool to be in there. And then once you've said it and kind of made it public, you just kind of have to go with it because, real, really, it's just a cool idea. So, yeah, that's puts a lot of thought into it, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, it's, it is a cool idea. I just wish you would cast it better. But, you know, maybe they'll surprise us and do something amazing. Uh, there's been a lot of new commercials for the upcoming Godzilla movie. And uh, the director, Gareth Edwards, says he's taking the film very seriously. Uh, but I still can't help. Every time I see a commercial, I'm reminded of the uh, last time Americans tried to make a Godzilla movie was a, with a CG Godzilla, and it was uh, a little underwhelming. It was it was kind of fun, uh, but it wasn't really that great. And I don't see how this is really going to be that much different. Uh, but you know, we could be surprised. I you know I I'll probably go check it out anyway. But uh, I can't say that it's really garnering my interest at this point, other than the fact that hey, look a Godzilla movie. So, uh, the Lego movie is headed for DVD and Blu-ray on June 17th. I will be picking that up. You can, if you go and listen back to some past episodes, find my review of the Lego movie and find that, yes, indeed, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Um... Uh, this might be just adding to some of the confusion. Now, I'm not a big follower on DC Comics, but it has been announced that will be some new weekly series of Earth 2, World's End. Uh, now, those of you who are DC fans, you know in the comics there's uh, there's a multiverse going on over there. There is an Earth 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and, and several thousand million, whatever. I don't know how far they've gone with this. But they've had, I guess, some regular series showing uh, uh, the Earth 2, and now they're going to have uh, another one that's supposed to be starting around October after a massive event that's going to happen in September. Uh, somehow or another, this is all still connected in with the 
the new 52 type of thing, which um, I don't know how if anybody's changed their mind uh, that they are still kind of preferring the original versions of the characters. I'm not sure how that's going because I really don't pay attention to DC. I'm a Marvel guy. But I figured you'd be interested to know that, hey, look, if you're liking the Earth 2, uh, there's a new series going to be starting. Now, I'm talking, of course, to come out a comic series, not a television series or anything like that. They're still doing pretty well with television on this Arrow series, apparently, which, uh, I, you know, it is on Netflix, so I'm going to sit down and watch this at some point. I just have to find the time to sit around and watch TV. Uh, but, yeah, you know, with Gotham coming up, I think they're doing fairly well with uh, some new television series and uh, some new comic series. So if you're a DC fan, hopefully you're excited for this. Well, here's something that may be interesting. Channing Tatum has been meeting with the X-Men producers about playing Gambit. Uh, there's been word about a potential Gambit spinoff. Now, I, I rather liked the actor that they had played Gambit in uh, Wolverine X-Men Origins. I thought he did a pretty good job. T- Channing Tatum, uh, he is familiar to audiences for doing some action films. Uh, he was in the uh, remake of Clash of the Titans. And its sequel, I'm sure. I didn't see the sequel, but I'm sure he was probably somewhere in there playing Perseus. Uh, he's also best known probably for, uh, other than being voted as Sexiest Man Alive, but he was in the Avatar film that I did not see. Uh, so a lot of I'm, I've heard maybe there might be some mixed reactions. I mean, he's probably got the look for it and everything. He's not necessarily a great actor. Uh, but, you know, let's keep an open mind. You know, we, we don't know what he could be like as Gambit. He might be pretty good at it. I would at least like to have a Cajun accent this time. Uh, but, you know, we'll just see where that goes. He may or may not be cast as playing Gambit or not. Uh, I haven't really dug into this. Um, uh, there is a note here. Hannah, uh, did you anyone see that film? I, I would kind of have liked to have maybe checked it out. Uh, but the screenwriter... Is going of that is going to make a feature adaption of Who is Jake Ellis? Now I have not heard of this Jake Ellis comic, uh, or perhaps it's a cartoon series somewhere. I am not sure of this. Uh, that is something I have actually been wondering. Would anyone like me to cover some of these more, more obscure comics that are actually becoming movies and television series? Because there are different things going on that are kind of obscure things that I'm not that familiar with, so I kind of skip over and I don't really cover it. But if anybody would actually like to hear some of that, just you know, let me know. Send an email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com or like I said many times you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter of course we're at NeverlandPCast and on Facebook if you simply search the Neverland Podcast you'll probably find us otherwise facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Let me know if you would be interested in hearing about something, some interesting news. Maybe you have a favorite character or a favorite comic that uh, you've heard something about there being a movie then I can do some research and try to find out what I can find for you. Uh... It has been confirmed that Hans Zimmer will return to score Batman vs. Superman. That's fairly exciting news. I'm very much like Hans Zimmer's work. Uh, he did some pretty good work on the uh, the previous Batman series. Also, Disney fans will recognize his name from having worked on The Lion King. Uh, did a very good job of that. So that, that should hopefully be interesting. Now, I don't recall. I think he may have done Man of Steel. And the music on that was not bad. It wasn't the greatest movie. Uh, for being a Superman movie. But, you know, uh, I believe he might have done the music for that, and so it's kind of a good combination, keeping him around. He's done some work with Batman, although not on his own. He kind of teamed with another feller uh, to do the music for Batman. Uh, but it, uh, yeah, seems like a pretty good choice, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, apparently there are some new TV spots for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that are popping up. I have not yet seen it, but uh, I'm not holding my breath to want to really watch it. Because uh, frankly, the, I don't know the trailer, the teaser that they kind of put out there. 
uh, doesn't get me too excited about that. You know, I'm I'm probably gonna go see it regardless of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it seems like they just didn't quite get it right. But uh, we'll just see if they've just made a good movie out of that anyway. Uh, but that's pretty much all I've got. There's not really a whole lot of things to cover. There's a lot of uh, information out there about WonderCon. If you're curious about that, mainly you can find a lot of photos and stuff like that. Uh, there, there was a little bit of news here revealed, but mainly, you know, it was just another convention. But it's not, of course, the big San Diego Comic-Con convention. So, of course, there's not a whole lot of things being revealed. There's a lot of images outlined, though, for the upcoming Batman Arkham Knight game. Uh, a lot of images from uh, upcoming episodes of Arrow and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, of course, I can't really share a uh, photo right here online so or on a podcast anyway uh, but it has been real the Sinister Six uh, there's they're planning on perhaps a story of redemption uh, Drew Goddard uh, he is both writing and directing the Columbia Pictures Amazing Spider-Man spinoff, The Sinister Six. Uh, he spoke with IGN. They sat down with him. Uh, with Spider producers A.V. Arad and Mal Talmac, who dropped a few details about the supervillain team-up. And here is a quote from uh, A.V. Arad. Uh, everybody's looking for redemption. They're unforgiven. As long as there's that one thing in common, they'll hate Spider-Man. They'll hate him because he's so different from them. But then, you know, when you sit by yourself somewhere and you think about it, they all had a different life at one time, and that's what's so beautiful about the Spider-Man universe. Uh, there's no such thing as just a villain, adds Tolmac. There are villains by virtue of choices that people make, but they always begin as humans, as characters, as flawed people, as tragic people. You know, great movies have been made about a bunch of bad guys who get together to do something. Uh, whether or not a certain Walkler will be making an appearance, however, uh, that has not been announced. Will he be popping up if, you know, Spider-Man in there? Uh, but Tomac does say we're definitely not going to say what we're doing in terms of Spider-Man there. Uh, you know, of course, he has to come into play in some way, at least be mentioned. I mean, that's kind of where these are pivotal characters. Uh, now, of course, uh, there is not quite a time frame for Sinister Six, but it'll probably follow Amazing Spider-Man 3, which is June 10th, 2016. And uh, Amazing Spider-Man 4 is expected on May 4th, 2018. And uh, But yeah, on May 2nd, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which of course I will try to have a review for you for the uh, podcast coming on May the 3rd. Uh, after, of course, well, May the 4th actually is when it's come out, on, as I mentioned, on Star Wars Day. I will try to squeeze as much content as I can because of a free comic book day. I'll have a review of Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, provided nothing gets in the way to block me from getting all of this done. It'll be a lot of things to present to you, but it'll be a whole lot of fun. And then, of course, be- being that it's May the 4th, we'll have some good Star Wars content. But at this time, I'm going to go ahead and remind you that uh, we are being sponsored right now in this episode. And for you, the listeners of the Neverland Podcast, you can go to audibletrial.com slash Podcast to start your 30-day free trial and also pick out yourself a free audiobook. There's 100,000 titles to choose from. I'm sure you'll be able to find something. Um, of course, now that not all of those titles are available to be free, go take a look, find what you like, find something amusing, uh, take a listen. Uh, you're on your Kindle, your Android, your iPhone, uh, or Heck, just any old MP3 player. You could even listen on your computer if you want to. Uh, heck, download them onto a flash drive, and if you've got the proper hookups in your car like I do, you can actually plug a flash drive right on in there, and you can just listen to files that way. Just pick up any method you want to that you can listen to it in your car, at work, or clean in the house, whatever. It's a, it's a great way to be able to get through a book and listen to it, and uh, sometimes, it's it, for me, it's more fun. I like to be able to listen to stories more than I do to actually sit and read them. I do like to sit and read, but uh, I get a lot more out of listening, I think, sometimes than I do from from sitting and reading it. I'm, I'm kind of, a, I guess, communication-oriented that way. 
But there you go, audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. Uh, once again, audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. And every time you go and you click over there, or if you come to neverlandpodcast.com and you go through the iTunes searches or click any links I put up from iTunes, uh, you are helping to support the show, and I really appreciate it. All right, Neverlanders, for our special content this week, I thought we'd turn the clock way, way back to 1982, which, yeah, it is way, way back, even though it seems like it might have not been that long ago. But, yeah, when I was five years old, Big Summer Movie was a Steven Spielberg movie. Now, Steven Spielberg uh, was, at the time, he was pretty well known for Jaws, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you know, just... Nice lot, Dark. Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah, had been out by this time. Uh, yeah, so he'd been doing all these big, you know, all the, everything he'd touched was gold. And so suddenly he comes out with this pet project of his, E.T., the extraterrestrial. And oh my gosh, this this movie, uh, boy, I tell you, it'll change your life, you know. <laughs> but here, here with me, of course, over the phone, and I'm hoping this comes out okay, because we're recording still from my car, which makes the 20th episode special. So I've got it. I've got the the uh, my phone hooked up to the speakers here, and so you can hear good old Phil from the speakers. Say hi, Phil. Hello, hi, Phil. <laughs> I figured you'd catch that one. All right. So, what do you remember about the first time you saw ET? Well, I remember uh, being a big fan of Steven Spielberg's films, and still, and I'm still a big fan. Whether it be Close Encounters or Jaws or Indiana Jones. Well, I remember on my sixth birthday, uh, I got to make a choice. I could either go see Raiders of the Lost Ark again for like this fifth or sixth time, or we could go see E. Or we could go see E.T. You know, as a family. So I'll never forget it. That was a good day for me. I remember my toy still. I remember getting a Lone Ranger and a silver toy. I remember going to Godfather's Pizza, and I remember going to see E.T. And boy, I just fell in love with the movie. And uh, I remember that Christmas Santa Claus brought me a toy of E.T. that came with a. A little miniature toy of uh, the Simon Says Speak and Spell. Oh, and then yeah. I got a whole huge bag of my very own of Reese's Pieces. And uh, I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I hadn't even heard of Reese's Pieces until that movie. And then they were everywhere. And it's one of my favorite candies now. I just wish I was allowed to eat it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the truth is, is uh, what's funny is it was supposed to be M&M's originally. And M&M's, uh, the company, you know, they didn't know that they wanted to go along with... I know you like M&M's. Uh, the, uh, the company didn't really want to go along with it, but Reese's did. And so uh, that really is what made Reese's Pieces so huge. <laughs> Yep, and I remember those toys. Where uh, was it? Uh, did Hardee's have some of those toys? They had all kinds of different miniature toys that you could get. Well, those toys, the ones you're talking about, they didn't have it at a, at a uh, restaurant. They had them at a store. You could buy them for like a buck or two. Uh, and then uh, the big toy, what I'm thinking of, it was like a hollow plastic, and uh, it had a painted red on its chest, you know. And yeah. then there's a little doohickey uh, on the back. You push and his neck to go up. Yeah, I remember those. I had a smaller one where the neck would go up and down. Yeah, yeah, they had those too. Um, I always loved those toys, and uh, I was, the only problem I ever had was they didn't have enough. I didn't think until about um, oh, twelve years ago. Oh, did we lose you? Oh, oh, here. Oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> See, I remember a little bit about 12 years ago they brought out a, a really cool remote control toy of Elliot and E.T. on the bike that you could control and I, I thought well I wish I did it when I was a kid yeah well heck <laughs> I'm a big kid I'd still want that <laughs> that's cool <laughs> 
too bad you can't make it fly. But I guess if they put like the propeller thing they have on like those uh, uh, those little helicopters things that they sell every year, the air raid or whatever the heck they are. Um, I know I'm getting the name wrong, but yeah, if you attach maybe one of those propellers onto a top, so that way you could fly it around on the bicycle. That would be awesome. I would buy yeah. it. <laughs> I'd be yeah. I'd be blowing money on junk I don't need, but I'd have fun playing with it. <laughs> I remember I remember back then in the eighties there was a lot of stuffed ETs everywhere right along with uh Yep, you know, I had Google, one. Uh, the my little stuffed ET. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk gremlins at some point, so. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, and I, I remember the ET stuff points and everybody boy they're buying like crazy. Oh and yeah. Then, uh, yeah, and I also remember uh, that when you go to the mall or wherever I remember I bought a keychain. There's a whole bunch of a whole series of ET cartoonish looking drawings. But what was funny is it didn't have an Elliot with them. It just had like a, sometimes a little blonde headed fat boy and a little blonde headed fat girl. I remember, <laughs> and uh, it, would, it would show them like on the. I remember this one very well. There was a thing with ET on the uh, oh uh, oh Peter Cotter with the children and on the swings and stuff. And so I guess it was that kind of trust that ET was friends with all kids. Sure. Oh, I just remember what fast food place had some little miniature toys and things. It was McDonald's. Because I remember I had a Happy Meal box. And you know how the Happy Meals, they used to have the little jokes kind of on the flaps? Yeah. It would, and well, I had one that does, what does, when, when E.T. looks in the mirror, he recites the alphabet from his home planet. What do you think his alphabet is? And you go over to, you flip it to get the answer, and it's O-E-T-U-R-A-Q-T. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but that stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. When they brought out the Happy Meal, it was like when they brought it out again at the theater. I remember that. And I remember yeah. they came with a poster. You get a poster, and they had a little paper doll of E.T. And uh, with them, you had all the little dress-up things. Remember they, whenever he was dressed like a woman? <laughs> yeah. And all, yeah, and they also had like a little white... Uh, uh, child to put over him and yep. stuff like that. Yeah, I remember those. I remember them. We had some of those. Oh, but the, yeah. the, the thing that's really unique about E.T. is uh, other than uh, they, you know, Steven Spielberg has said that's one of the first times really you got to have a, a friendly alien because there were so many years of, uh, of scary aliens of some sort and suddenly you've got kind of the friendly one, although it starts out kind of scary, but the interesting thing is the movie actually puts you into E.T.'s perspective. The very opening bit of the movie, he's wandering through this redwood forest, and you actually get from his perspective and get to look up from the trees, and instantly, you are understanding the character. It's like you follow E.T. through this adventure, and you kind of understand how he's feeling, and how you go through it, so you kind of, you end up relating to this this alien, which is fantastic. I mean, I don't know of any other movie that can really do that to get you captured with something that well this thing isn't even human well other than the dark crystal you know but you know it was kind of that first of its kind other than like oh look we there's Chewbacca we like that Wookiee and boy we love those droids and stuff like that but suddenly now you are getting a story told to you through the eyes of an alien creature and seeing earth through his eyes and how frightening a place it would be if you're imagining you like yourself if you went to another planet and you really didn't understand anything you're fascinated by looking at things and and you're checking it out but suddenly you get left there and you're frightened because you just like well I don't know what's going to happen to me now am I am I going to have to stay here uh, all the people all the people on this place seem to want to chase me around I don't know what they want with me and then suddenly you know he just you know has this little boy reach out to him and it, it just kind of changes the dynamic but it's very very interesting but I I love the way the movie kind of invites you to kind of really see things through ET's eyes through a lot of the film yeah, one thing I gotta tell you, I went to Universal Studios in Florida. This uh, this is last fall, 
and I never had been able to ride on the ET ride before, but I got on it, and I gotta tell you, I felt like I was living the film. It was a lot of fun. I was on a bike pushing, and the great thing is my wife was a little spooked out while we were flying. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just loving the whole thing. Well, I hope I get a chance to get out there and ride that one myself. I'd really love to ride that. But on some more kind of recent news, this has been kind of fun. Okay, so the big gaming home's gaming system at the time was the Atari 2600. And, of oh, course, yes. there was an E.T. game. Now, I didn't realize how many people hated that game. I loved it. it, it well, you're also very young. Yeah. It well, was the end so of the game. They kind of destroyed Atari. It really did. It kind of, uh, it kind of changed. Like, everything was so crazy on the target. Pac-Man, whatever you were playing, was huge. So when that game came out, and to give the guy credit who made it, he didn't have just a couple months to put it all together. Yeah. So, but, but I, it was a real lame game. <laughs> it, yeah, it was weird and odd, and it was kind of odd. It was like, why do I have pits? I'm going around to find my phone pieces. But I had fun playing it all the time. And uh, this kind of in recent, there's this kind of funny that uh, the place where Atari just dumped, you know, apparently lots and lots and lots of copies of the game is now considered like this treasure trove. They think they found the dump where they dumped all these games, and so they're recovering all of these <laughs> never been played copies of ET for the Atari. And I was like, wow, this is like, yes, this is like the most horrible game ever. I'm like, I liked it. I'm weird, but apparently people really didn't like the Atari version of Pac-Man. I've seen people that even commenting on that story said that they, they didn't even like the Superman game on Atari. I loved the Superman game. Uh, well, that was, that was all we had back then. We didn't have everything, you know, yeah. like they do now. Boy, kids have no idea. Yeah. I'm walking past the, the arcade, I mean, the uh, games right now in a certain store, and uh, boy, man, if we'd had that when we were kids, we would have just flipped out. Yeah, well, we wouldn't have known, and, you know, we, that would have been just normal to us. You know, we wouldn't yeah, have known how, right. how bad things... I, I saw a video the other day where it had a bunch of kids, they handed them a Sony Walkman, and they couldn't figure the thing out. And then they, when they finally learned the whole thing about it, it's like, this is terrible. Why would you have wanted this? It's like, well, that back then, had, that's what we had, and it was great. Yeah, so, we didn't have anything else to have to compare to. Yeah, but yeah, E.T. will always be the greatest. And I, the only bad memory I have with E.T. is when they re-released it here for, uh, what, I guess it was the 20th anniversary. They re-released it. And I, I had to go twice. I went once by myself. And then, I, you know, Heather is kind of so-so with the movie. She said the, that second time there in the theater, she appreciated it more. I don't know if she's weird not liking E.T. that much. But we got in there in the theater, and a bunch of teenage, obnoxious teenagers had got in there that they didn't know anything about this movie. And they didn't pay attention to the movie. They were just talking and laughing and saying, well, this movie sucks. And I wanted to get up and beat the daylights out of a teenager. I was like, no, you need to actually sit and watch this. This is one, this is a masterpiece. This is one of the movies you just sit and watch. And I'm thinking, wow, these teenagers just don't know things that they miss out. But I don't think they advertised it very well. They advertised it like it was this goofy kids movie. Without actually showing, it's like, no, this, you know, the way they advertised it back when it came out, it was showing as, like, it was kind of this adventure, and it was kind of mysterious, and, and everything that the movie was. And yes, funny, yes, it was very funny. But it wasn't like this, oh, well, it's just this playful kids movie. There was so much depth to it. It was such a great and wonderful film that even as an adult, I just love it every time. And I can't, I got the soundtrack, and I can't even hardly listen to the entire soundtrack without kind of wanting to tear up a little bit. That movie gets to me every time. Uh, well, yeah, it's a good one. It, it is, is a great film. And now for something special. I've got a couple of things I want to share with the, you Neverlanders. Uh, I, of course, did find the read-along book. So I'm going to play that audio, which is narrated by Drew Barrymore herself in the role of Gertie. And then also kind of a neat story. 
Uh, I'm gonna. I want to play for you the finale uh, from the film, or at least the music from the finale, because there's a cool story about this. John Williams. We all know he's a genius. Uh, so John Williams composed this great piece of music, and in the recording session, you know, he's trying to match it up with the already edited chase scene. Uh, the whole finale of the film, from the uh, from uh, E.T. you know coming back and the chase and the ship coming and taking him off to the end of the finale, and he did it and did it and went over and over and just could not get it to match up properly. Well, Steven Spielberg then sees this, comes out to the recording thing and talks to John Williams. He says, "You know what, John?" Don't roll the movie when you do this next recording. Record that piece any way you want to, and I will recut the film to match that music because I don't want you to change this music at all. So, so great story, and it's a wonderful piece of music. So, I really want to play it for you, and I will make this available if I can find if iTunes has the ET soundtrack, or at least has this music somehow or another. I will put it up on NeverlandPodcast.com, and you can support the show by buying yourself a copy and listening and enjoying it. Well, Philip, all right, thanks for joining us again today. No problem, no problem at all. And hopefully, we'll very, very, very soon get to have this special episode I've been planning to be able to talk about some of your favorite songs from. The, the whole Disney kingdom, whatever you want to call it. Uh, unfortunately, Tim Devine, who's our other guy who uh, who is eager to be on the show, uh, he uh, works in law enforcement in New Jersey, and I know their schedule gets a little crazy in law enforcement, and especially with holiday week. So I'm hoping maybe we can get this thing recorded this week, and so hopefully very soon you'll get to hear that episode, Neverlanders. But it's coming, and that'll probably be the next time you get to hear Phil, and we'll talk and we'll play some great Disney music. It'll be a great show. But now, here you go, Drew Barrymore. I'm Gertie, and I'm going to tell you the story of E.T. You can read along with me in your book as you listen to the story. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. I couldn't tell you about E.T. before. Elliot said it had to be a secret because it was probably the most important thing that ever happened. I couldn't even tell Mom. But it's not a secret anymore. So Elliot says it's okay if I tell you now. It was almost Halloween, and I was in the kitchen trying to find out what everybody was dressing up like. I wanted to go as a cowgirl, but nobody was listening to me because they think I'm just a kid. Elliot was telling Mom about something weird he saw in the backyard the night before. A goblin or something. And Laker was teasing him. Maybe it was an iguana. Well, it was real, I swear. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. There was nothing like that! Nobody believed Elliot. It was kind of nice to see him getting teased instead of me for a change. The next day when I get home from nursery school, I heard Elliot and Michael upstairs. I rushed into Elliot's room to show him my art project. And there was the goblin! Yeah, it looked like a giant mushroom with eyes. I screamed! And then the goblin screamed! It made Michael jump back and knock over the bookshelf. Then I screamed some more. I'm a good screamer. Elliot almost had a fit. He slammed the door so Mom wouldn't hear us. 
Michael threw a kangaroo in my mouth and dragged me into the closet. The hysterical goblin ran in after us, screaming all the way. Then Elliot ran in and slammed the door. Now I had time to look at the goblin calmly. He was smaller than me, but had long fingers and a squashy body and big buggy eyes. He looked like this big turtle without a shell. I mean, grossed me out. Elliot could see I was still real scared. He won't hurt you, Gertie. I'm keeping him. Is he a boy or a girl? He's a boy. But look, you can't tell. Not even Mom. Why not? Because um, grown-ups can't see him. Only little kids can see him. Give me a break. I may be little, but I'm not stupid. Elliot seemed to know what the goblin was thinking. He said it was sad and alone. And anyway, in the closet with all our stuffed animals, he didn't look so scary anymore. So I promised to keep it a secret. Elliot could tell that the goblin was hungry. So that night, we sneaked some food upstairs and watched it eat. He used his funny long fingers to pick up the food. Ugh, I wrinkled my nose. Is he a pig? He sure eats like one. I also brought the goblin a geranium flower in a pot. It made him happy. I guess it made the flower happy too, because it bloomed right in front of our eyes. Elliot showed the goblin a map of Earth. We are here. Where are you from? The goblin waved his long fingers. And five clay balls flew up in the air and spun around like planets in the sun. Then ah! he pointed out the window at the stars far away. That's when we knew he was a man from outer space. Michael said a man from outer space was called a extra. Terrestrial. But Elliot just called him E.T. I like that better. It's easier to say. One day, I came home from school and found E.T. all by himself. He was watching one of my favorite cartoon shows on the TV. It was teaching the letter B. I said B, B, B. Then E.T. opened his mouth. Mm. It's a B. Good. Good. This was great! Now I have somebody my own size to play with! So I taught him more words. I took E.T. up to my room for a dress-up tea party. I put a wig on him. And you know, he didn't look so ugly. So I put a dress and some jewelry on him. And now, he looked kind of cute. But when Elliot came home and saw E.T. all dressed up, he wasn't happy at all. Oh, you should give him his dignity. But then, E.T. surprised him. Elliot. What? I smiled. I taught him how to talk now. He can talk now. Elliot was excited. E.T., can you say that? Can you say E.T.? E.T. E.T. Eat it, eat it, eat it.
Katie led Elliot over to the window and pointed towards the stars again. Home, home, phone home. Elliot could tell E.T. was homesick. E.T. phone home, and they'll come. Come home. So we had to help E.T. build a communicator so he could cause people to tell them to come and take them home. Elliot and Michael got all kinds of weird things, like an old record player and a blender and an umbrella. But I gave him the most important thing: my electronic spelling game. That's how I help. I helped to get on Halloween night. Elliot and Michael dressed E.T. up in a ghost sheet. Everybody thought E.T. was me. That's how we sneak E.T. out of the house past Mom. Then Elliot drove E.T. up to the woods on his bike and helped him set up his communicator. When Elliot didn't come home that night, Mom was really worried. I wanted to tell her where he was, but I had promised to keep it a secret. Elliot finally showed up the next morning. He looked so tired and so sick. You know why? Because E.T. was lost. Everything was going rotten, and it scared me so much. Michael finally found E.T. in the woods and sneaked him back in the house. E.T. didn't look well at all. Michael and I were real worried, so we decided it was time to tell Mom. She walked into the bathroom and saw Elliot sitting on the floor next to E.T. We're sick. I think we're dying. Mom didn't know what E.T. was, so I told her. Man from the moon. E.T. reached out his arms. Mom. That's when Mom freaked out. She grabbed Elliot, Michael, and me and rushed downstairs to get away from E.T. Suddenly, people in spacesuits. Into our house, they came in through the doors, the windows, everywhere. They were scientists, and they were looking for E.T. When the scientists found E.T., he was extra sick. They tried very, very hard to make him better. They put a big bag over the whole house and brought in a lot of machines, but it didn't help. Elliot pleaded with E.T. E.T., stay with me, please. I'll be right here. But it was too late. The scientists wrapped up E.T.'s body to take it to their lab. I started to cry, and so did Mom. Elliot stared at E.T. so long. I don't believe in you all my life. Every day, E.T. I love you. As Elliot started to leave, E.T. opened his big eyes. E.T. from home. E.T. from home. E.T. from home. E.T. from home.
little sneak Dietchi out of the house. The police and scientists chased him all over the neighborhood. And just when the police had been trapped, Dietchi made all their bikes fly right over the cars and houses. I knew where they were going. Ichi's people were coming for him, and it was about time. Mom and I drove to the place in the forest where the spaceship would land. Deep in the woods, we found this huge round spaceship covered with lights. And we all said goodbye to Ichi. I gave him the geranium as a going away present. I just wanted to see. Goodbye. I kissed him on his funny round nose. E.T. smiled. Be good. E.T. waddled up the ramp into his spaceship. He was holding my geranium. Then the door closed and the spaceship blasted off. E.T. was going home. Every time I look at the stars at night, I think of E.T. I hope he comes back someday.
Okay, and with that, I would like to thank you for downloading and listening to the Neverland Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, neverlandpodcast.com. You can find a lot of download links and purchase links so you can help support the show. There's a donate button. Um, so far, I haven't started using it as a blog, so you can find out any new information. But if you want to find some new information, I do occasionally pop up some interesting news I find on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash neverlandpodcast or on Twitter at neverlandpcast. Uh, don't forget, you can also uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and on Stitcher. And while you're on iTunes and Stitcher, please take some time to write up a review. It really does help out the algorithms and help a few more people find our show. And don't forget, uh, when you find the links, if you're following us on Facebook or anything like that, to go ahead and share those with everybody in social media. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Get more people involved here with the Neverland Podcast. I really love watching to see this grow and more people who are enjoying the fun with us. Because uh, I don't do this just for myself. Uh, I'm having fun doing this, but I want to be able to share that fun with you. And uh, be excited for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we'll go ahead and get that nice Disney music conversation going and have that for you next week. And then the week after that will be Free Comic Book Day, and I'll present a bit more information about Free Comic Book Day next week, uh, but I'm pretty sure the website, if uh, you search Free Comic Book Day, you will find it, and you can find what type of uh, comics are going to be available for free, and uh, find yourself a local participating store that you can visit on Free Comic Book Day on May the 3rd. Well, that'll do it for the Neverland Podcast, so God bless. Remember to keep that pixie there in your pocket so you can bring her out anytime you need to, so you can visit Neverland in your own time. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.